KSIV now presents Encounter, a public service program of Bot Radio Network, dedicated to keeping you informed about the issues that affect your life. Now, here's today's Encounter broadcast. Hello, welcome to Encounter here on Bot Radio Network. I'm Stacy Washington, and it is my pleasure to be with you today and to have join us to talk about COVID-19 and how we're dealing with the virus and how we're living as Christians, walking out our faith, Pastor Rick Owsley of St. Louis Bible Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Stacy. It's my pleasure. So let's talk about this. We have a lot of people doing a lot of talking about what's appropriate, what we can and can't do, even what we can say about this. I've seen some interesting videos out there that have gone viral, people attributing the virus to and the pandemic to a lot of different quarters. How can we as Christians talk about this and really redirect people back to God? Well, I think we start with the scripture verse that Second uh, Timothy 1, 7 uh, tells us uh, where Paul is, is talking to young Timothy, and he reminds him that uh, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So the first thing we need to do and understand as Christians is that that uh, this fear is not something that, that God would be pleased with or wants us to have, but, you know, trusting Him, knowing that the tomb is empty and our faith and our trust is, is in Him, uh, but of power and of love and, and that sound mind that God gives us through these uh, situations, uh, exercising that sound mind and praying, Lord, give us wisdom, and He promises to give wisdom to all those who ask, and He gives it liberally, uh, praying for for that wisdom so that we can, you know, share the gospel, so that we can comfort people, so that we can have answers uh, when they start asking questions. So one of the questions that I see getting tossed around, Pastor, all online is what are we doing with our kids? Because the kids are home. And I personally, our kids are home too, two from college and then one from high school. And I see it as a huge opportunity to spend time with them and to reconnect with them and to really just have them back in our house um, all day, every day. And I'm enjoying it. I think it's it's a blessing from God. It's the first time in the in my adult life that we've had all of the children in America from everywhere that they might be. They're now at home with their parents. This is a unique situation, would you say? A- absolutely. And we take advantage of it. Uh, we just had our grandkids here, and they had to leave to head back to Kansas. Uh, but uh, having them here gave us the opportunity to to uh, talk to them uh, about the Lord Jesus in, a, in a, a very meaningful way, kind of explaining what's going on and what our responsibility is as believers. Uh, so we we took that time with them uh, seriously. Uh, we had an opportunity to put away all the cell phones and all the other stuff, and our youngest granddaughter kept saying, uh, let's have family time, let's have family time, uh, which just caused my heart to, to rejoice. So we did. We played games, and, and what, a, what a, a wonderful opportunity that was. I think parents need to look at this as uh, an opportunity to uh, cause their children to have confidence in their ability to supply their their need, having confidence in their ability to uh, to protect them. Uh, I I think much can come from this this time if if parents use use it wisely. 
So using it wisely, and you, you just gave a lot of information there, a lot of suggestions for what people can do with their kids since they're home. But one of the things that I think is happening in public education across the country is there's a lot of godlessness in it. And so to have your kids at home away from that, it's an opportunity to maybe even delve into a little bit of Bible study, isn't it? I mean, I'm not saying every day, but some kind of opening of the word and sharing as a family, this is a chance that we don't know when we'll get it again with our kids. Yeah, I think you're so right. I think this is an opportunity for us to show our children uh, what we consider as important. In a, in a crisis like this, during the, these situations, uh, number one, show our children that you know there's no fear that we're trusting God that we rejoice that the tomb is empty, that God is on his throne, and here's what's important to us. And we share uh, biblical stories. I, I think it's a great time to maybe listen to some Answers in Genesis tapes mm-hmm. and, and, and do some creation research projects. And I mean, there's just so many things that if we'll take the time, and I encourage parents to take the time, I encourage them to, to realize like you said, Stacey, what an important what what a, a chance this is. We may not ever get another chance like this. So utilize it and, and use it wisely. So what happens, Pastor, if their parents are using, using this time wisely, they're spending time with their kids, and they begin to kind of learn some of what has been poured into their kids in public school or maybe they're in private school or wherever they're going and getting their education, and parents in America are much more likely to just allow the school to kind of operate and they go to parent teacher conferences a few times a year, but they don't really look at every piece of paper that comes home in their kid's bag. They're not really as plugged in. Um, Huge portions of Americans, including Christians are not aware of what's going on curriculum wise, sex education wise in K through 12 public education today. So what happens, what do you recommend for parents if, if you're sitting with your child and you're doing a puzzle or you're studying the Bible and your child suddenly comes out with something that you know is not what you've taught them, it's not biblical, and you need to deal with that, what, do you, what, do you, what is your word for parents when that occurs? Well, I think that in that situation, this, this could be a wake-up call for a lot of parents. Uh, this situation could present a lot of opportunity uh, and a a wake-up call, you know, to parents as they investigate and spend this quality time with their kids. Uh, I I would hope that parents are already doing that. I would hope that parents uh, are already taking the time. Unfortunately, we know that's not always the case in finding out what it is that their their children are studying and learning and and getting. Uh, But this I, I would delve a little deeper. I would use this as an opportunity. Uh, you know, this this crisis uh, provides us with uh, an opportunity that perhaps we're not going to get again. So, um, I I would use it wisely. Uh, investigate. I, as a matter of fact, I think it. I think parents need to be asking themselves that question, that very question that you just asked me. I think parents need to be asking themselves, okay, uh, we're here with our kids. Uh, we we want to take advantage of this time. Uh, let's investigate. Uh, let's use this as a wake-up call as to what's going on and perhaps make a, a battle plan that's going to be effective in 
and and leading their children to Christ, leading their children uh, in a in a way that's that's pleasing to God. So, you know, it's sort of like with with Joseph's brothers when they tossed him into the pit, and and he sold into slavery and all the mm-hmm. things that transpired. Uh, at the very end, you know, Joseph, looking at his brothers, said, "You know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good." And so we know that during these very trying times and during this crisis, uh, as terrible as it is, that we know that, uh, you know, Romans 8.28 still in the book, for we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I believe that. And not saying that what's going on is good. It's absolutely not good. Uh, but at the same time, uh, God can use this for good, and I, I'm just going to trust Him, you know, through this this through this ordeal that we're going to learn from it, that we're going to grow from it, and that God's going to be glorified. And so I echo those comments, Pastor. I, that is what I have been focused on: is that maybe there will be a lot of awakenings across the country with parents and their kids, and maybe there will be some interesting meetings after we return back to school, parents showing up maybe at school board meetings and asking some questions. And more than that, maybe some of the parents who might be stay-at-home moms or might be retired, you know, grandparents might say, it's time for me to run for school board. It's time for me to volunteer in my kids or my grandkids' building so I can really keep a closer eye on what's going on there. Um, there's there's something else I want to talk about, and we'll, we'll start now, but we'll continue after the break because we still have you for the whole program today, and I'm so grateful. Um, is, is this idea... A lot of Americans are a little upset, and I can understand why, because I immediately got upset when I heard that we might not be able to go to church. Now, our church is a really big one, so we have a live stream that they do every Sunday, so we are online only right now. But for those who really, church is their opportunity to interface with people and they're feeling lonely, what do you have for them from God's word, from your perspective as a pastor, um, something to kind of help them along because they're lonely and they don't have an ability to go into the house of the Lord right now? Well, again, that verse that I just shared a few moments ago, Second Timothy one seven, that God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, you know, and, and of a sound mind. Uh, but one of the other scriptural verses that uh, that I'm going to be sharing with our folks is uh, from Exodus fourteen verse thirteen. Uh, Moses and the children of Israel had just come out of Egypt. Uh, they were at the Red Sea. There was a barrier. Uh, the sea was there. The Egyptian army was behind them. A pretty serious, pretty dangerous army behind them. Uh, the sea uh, presented nothing but death. And what Moses said, uh, he stood before them, and, and he told them, Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Uh, and I, I, I believe that's our message to those people. But also... Uh, I believe that the Holy Spirit provides that comfort. You know, Philippians 4 talks about the fact that we let our requests be made known unto God, and that that He gives us that peace that passes all understanding. And so I encourage our people, you know, to test God, uh, to, to trust Him through this, but just say, Lord, I, I am feeling lonely. I, I need comforting. And you know what, Stacy? There is no doubt in my mind that... God will bring comfort. God will bring as his understanding. So we are chatting right now with Pastor Owsley of St. Louis Bible Fellowship. And it is my pleasure to be with you here on Encounter. We will be back right after this. Stay there.
Welcome back to Encounter. This is Stacy Washington, and I am chatting with Pastor Rick Owsley of St. Louis Bible Fellowship. It is such a pleasure to have you with us, Pastor. Let's talk a little bit about giving. Um, the all, Most churches, I can't say all, but most churches have a mechanism by which you can give online or electronically. I actually do all of my giving over my phone. I text my gifts in, and they subtract it from my bank account the same day. It's really fantastic. What do you want to tell uh, Christians right now who are maybe slacking off on giving a little bit? Well, I would encourage them not to do that. Uh, that the church's expenses and the needs uh, continue, and so I would I would make sure that I would c- was committed to, to to giving and sharing, uh, making sure their offerings reach, reach the church uh, because there may be some needs. Uh, that they have now that they haven't had in the past. So I would encourage them to, to continue giving. See, I, I, I believe that giving and, and, and the offerings that we give, I, I, I teach and preach that, that we're to consider that part of our worship. And so you don't want to neglect any aspect of your worship. And so the giving and the supporting, in order for the gospel to go forward, and boy, do I believe that this is an opportunity for us to share the gospel. There are more people asking questions. There are more people much more receptive to what's going on. So I would see you know, the giving as something you either catch up on or, or you hit that give button on, online uh, for them to, to give. Uh, but I also, I also believe that you know, Philippians 4 talks about the fact that, that our our God will meet all of our need according to His riches and glory. And so we've just always trusted God for that. And, and I'm telling you, Stacy, He is so faithful, and mm-hmm. He is so wonderful about meeting all of our need uh, according to His riches and glory. So, uh, frankly, that, that giving aspect, uh, until you just mentioned it, I've not even thought about it, because our people are so faithful in giving, and we just trust God. That is exciting uh, to to watch and see what he's going to do through all of this. I think he's going to use this again as an opportunity to show himself so faithful through all of this. And so this is one of those situations where we have to operate in faith. We're all praying, especially here, um, the Thrive Organization. I've been joining their morning calls where we've been praying for Passover. So we want the COVID virus to not have the same impact here in America that it has had in other countries. And one of the things that we do when we pray is we're we're first coming to the Lord in obedience because he says we should pray to him and cast all our cares on him. But that doesn't alleviate us from being obedient in other areas. So continuing to give the tithe out of the first tenth of whatever we, we receive just is an act of obedience and cheerfully doing that lifts all of the condemnation off of us that we might be feeling when we know we're not doing right so that we can boldly approach the throne. So this is all, it, it's not like the tithing and giving is off on one side, right, Pastor? It's its all together. It's all a part of what we do as Christians. Well, I think it's part of worship. I think mm-hmm. our offerings that and the, what we bring uh, to the Lord, uh, it, that that offering is, is His. And we're no longer under the law, we're under grace, and under the law they had to give 10%. But under grace, God owns 100% of what I have, and I commit it all to Him. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't think during these type of crises, and just because I can't get to church, I don't think that relieves me uh, or our people of their obligation to do what God's called us to do. 
Uh, I think we even need to be stronger and, and more active in, in doing that. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking at um, some of the other stories that have come out today about the coronavirus. And so we see an increase in cases in New York City. And I know this is a, it's kind of controversial, but I want to ask you about it because I see some discussions going on online about different areas because that we do have federalism here in America. So different states are experiments or laboratories for liberty and justice. And we live differently in different states. We even have different kind of almost American identities across the country. And we see a lot of abortion and a lot of um, activities that really are alarming to Christians who hold a worldview that is biblical. And we also see an exponential rise in cases of the virus in New York City. Do you think there's a connection there, or is it simply population-driven? I think it's population-driven, and I'm glad you asked that question, because I I really do not believe that the coronavirus uh, is a judgment uh, from God. Okay. I don't believe during this present dispensation of grace that God is, is judging. I think during the tribulation, when God's wrath is being poured out, uh, there's not going to be any question that God's judgment is being poured out. But right now, I, I strongly believe that what's what's going on is bec- is because the world in which we live is a broken and bent and and cursed world, and so these type of things uh, take place. But I don't think that God is is saying, "Okay, well, I'm going to uh, zap them or I'm going to bring judgment on them for for this and this and this." If that were the case, we should have been judged and and blown away a long, long time ago. I think during this present dispensation that God is is uh, providing grace and mercy, and He is long suffering. And I think during this time that uh, we are to be preaching the gospel. And I think it's during these times when the God of this world, little G, is active, and because of the curse that's pronounced, we see things like this happening. Uh, but we use these things as an opportunity to share the gospel and, and not so much talk about God God is judging and God is causing this, because I don't believe uh, God, our Creator, our Redeemer, our Sustainer, is, is doing that. I believe what He's doing is offering grace to fallen man to be reconciled to Himself. And what we as believers need to be doing is taking this opportunity when people are are asking questions when they're wondering that very question, Stacy, about, well, is God doing this? And what God's doing is he's reaching out to you. He didn't cause this, but I'm telling you, he's on his throne. He died for you. Um, he loves you. Believe that he died for you, was buried and rose again, and you will be reconciled to him. It's, uh, this is the perfect opportunity to share that glorious gospel of his grace and mercy. So as we're sharing that, because I think there's 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 a real hesitance, and, and I can't say I think, I know, I look at the Barna Group studies about how many Christians actively disciple other people, speak about their faith, feel comfortable trying to lead someone to Christ. Um, a lot of Americans just don't feel comfortable doing that. But you spoke on in the last segment about how receptive people are to hearing about the gospel right now because this is such an uncertain time and people are feeling fearful. So how does somebody broach into that if it's, you know, I'm, I'm scared, I don't know what to do, I'm worried about what's going to happen, I don't want to get this virus. How do you kind of segue into sharing the gospel with them? 
Well, I had an opportunity to do that very thing this morning. I had someone that, that came to the house and I was visiting with, and and uh, uh, as they were getting ready to leave, they just stopped and turned around and, and said, well, what do you think about all that's going on? How, how are you handling this? And I, I just told him, I said, you know what? God is on his throne, and we can trust him. The tomb is empty. And I, I'm trusting God through this. What about you? Are you you trusting God? And and it just that opportunity presented itself. The question is, when they do present that opportunity, because they are going to question, will you be bold enough? Will you understand your role is to is to share as that minister of the word of reconciliation, as that ambassador for Christ? You know, will you be bold enough to speak up and take advantage of that opportunity? Because the questions are going to come. I, like I said, I had a person ask me that today, uh, and yesterday was another opportunity. People are going to ask, are we bold enough to step forward and share the gospel? So, Pastor Owsley, let's turn to what we've been seeing at the grocery stores and uh, different places across the country where the shelves are empty and people, it's a, it's a nasty circle, right? You, so you go to the store and you get there when there's a whole lot there. So instead of just buying what you need or a little extra, you wipe the shelf clean and buy everything for the next six months. And then people come behind you. And because of your panicked purchases, they then are placed in a place of panic because they can't buy four rolls of toilet paper, let alone 24. And then that continues to build. And so we've seen panic purchasing, hoarding. We've seen a couple people, you know, actually get called out and maybe are brought up on charges for gouging. How do we as Christians, first of all, it's a lesson to be learned here, I feel, that we should always have 30 days worth of food and supplies in our homes. But beyond that, how do we go forward to prepare? Because this isn't the last time we're going to have a national emergency, and we should be better prepared for next time. Well, absolutely. I think we take this as a a learning opportunity. We've seen uh, how, uh, how people are going to react. And I, I am quite surprised. Maybe I shouldn't have been uh, or shouldn't be, but I, I'm surprised at how the store shelves are, are bare, especially in the toilet paper aisle. I mean, why, of all things, toilet paper, I, I haven't quite come to grips with that yet. I, I don't know what that <laughs> says about our society. I don't know if that tells us that, that convenience is more important than necessities. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Uh, what it says about us, but why the one on on toilet paper and and, and things of that sort? But regardless, uh, I think it 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 demonstrates that that people are evil, that people are bent, they're broken, and they're scared. Ah, so you have been fantastic, sir. God bless you, and thank you so much, Pastor Owsley of St. Louis Bible Church. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. I'm Stacey Washington. It's been a pleasure to be with you. Join us tomorrow for more here on Bot Radio Encounter. Encounter is you and the issues where the facts and opinions make you an informed citizen of St. Louis. Thank you for your participation. Let a friend know about this talk and issues feature of Bot Radio Network and KSIV. Then join us next time for Encounter. Encounter.